I think we better stand and pray. (laughs) Go ahead and stand. Lift your Bible in the air. Lord, we thank you for your word. We recognize that it is uh, a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. And we thank you for what it does for us. Lord, we know that it um, encourages encourages us, it, it corrects us, it challenges us, it builds us up, and uh, it makes us more like you when we submit it, the reading of it, and the living it out to the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we pray that we would have hearts submitted to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you feel like you need an explanation? All right. Let me give you two things really quick. The title of this sermon is called Expected. Expected. Write that down. And how many of you could guess what my sermon in a sentence is? Video killed the radio star. Is this not the most ridiculous thing you had ever seen in your life? And if you read the, if you read the, uh, the lyrics, there's not a whole lot of explanation in there. It just does not make sense. But the title itself, man, stands out almost as a prophetic statement. I want you to think about it. There was a day and age when if you, uh, if you wanted to be heard on the radio, you actually had to have talent for the most part. Like, you remember that? Some of you guys may not remember, but there was a day, like it was a big deal to, be, to make it on, the, to be a singer, songwriter, musician, player, and to do what you do and to make it on, a ra- on the radio. It was a big deal. If you got that far, you really were pretty talented. How many of you remember that movie, um, um, That Thing You Do? You guys remember? Everybody loves that movie. Remember when they heard their song on the radio and they were, just came unglued? It was like, oh my gosh, we're on the radio because it was a big deal. There was a day when radio um, kind of uh, exemplified a standard of the level of musicianship that needed to be attained to get on the radio. Didn't matter what you looked like. It didn't matter what you did. As long as you could sing, as long as you could play. But then video comes along. Video killed the radio star. You really didn't have to have a whole lot of talent. As long as you are, as long as you are pretty or you are whatever, you don't even have to sing. They got software for that. They can tune you up. You know, they can tune you up. They have somebody else write your songs. The video killed the radio star. And I want you to think about that, that digression. And you, you look at this. That, isn't that not the most ridiculous thing you'd ever seen? It's like, what is that? And that was the good one. I could have shown another one that you'd have been like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Paul opens up Ephesians chapter four. Go ahead and turn there. Ephesians chapter four. And he says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you. It's almost like saying, I beg you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever heard me say that statement in this room? Yes, I say it all the time. In fact, the, the vision of our church essentially is living the life of Jesus Christ to help people live the life of Jesus Christ. Paul opens this, this book up, and if you think about what we just read in chapters one, two, three, hopefully some of you were here last week, you got to hear uh, Chad Hidalgo teach on a portion of, of chapter three. 
But Paul is saying all of these things. He's, he's getting very, he's very doctrinal. He's laying out this stuff about who we are. You're a, you're a child of God and you're a co-heir with Christ and, and you're this and you're that. God's torn down the walls of separation between the Jew and Gentiles. He's done all of these good things. And then he opens up chapter four and he gets real practical. He's doctrinal there, but he gets very, real practical. It's very similar to, uh, to Romans chapter 12. Think about Romans chapter one through 11. You were nothing. You were a sinner. You were a reprobate. Good for nothing. But while you were still in your sin, Christ came along and demonstrated his love for you, died on the cross, uh, freed you from the bondage of sin and death. And now, and he goes into the same thing, you are this and you are that and you are that. And then in chapter four, he says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, a view of everything I've just told you in chapters one through 11, Offer your bodies up as living sacrifices. He says it is your reasonable act of worship. In other words, it's the only thing that makes sense to have experienced, received such goodness from the Lord. Right? He's doing the same thing here. In Ephesians chapter one and two and three, you're, you're a child of God. And, and I mean, you think of all the things we've already talked about so far, but there is a transition, just like in Romans chapter 12, where Paul has to get a little personal and a little practical I, the prison of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another, in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. He said there's one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one God, one Father, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father who is over all and through all and in all. Verse 11, he says, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, some as teachers for the equipping of the saints for the works of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. Everybody say a mature man. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried around by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth and love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causing the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Paul's saying, hey, there's uh, expectations here. There are expectations for those who belong to Christ. For those, he, he opens up by talking about how we've been accepted, chapter one, been made children of God. Very awesome thing. He says, children of God, there are expectations for your life. Makes me think of the radio star. There used to be expectations of what it took to be a radio star. You actually had to sing well. You actually had to have decent songs. You actually had to be able to perform those songs. Oftentimes, back in those days, the recordings we heard were them Recorded live with a mic in front of them. 
Versus now where you, you can multi-track and do your part. Oh, I messed up, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it a thousand times. You know what? You can't play the thing. We'll actually edit that part to make it work. And girl, you cannot sing on pitch. And so we're going to tune your vocal. And you can't sing live either, so we're going to put a tuner on your vocal while you're singing. And think, I want you to think about this. What is, that, what is the biggest thing that happened in the 80s? It's not the biggest thing, but to me it was, because I was horrified when I found out that Millie Vanilli was lip singing. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because video killed the radio star. These guys couldn't even sing, or if they could, they got in trouble for lip singing. It's like, why don't you just really do your whole thing? Because something was being lost. Along the way, there was, a, there was an expectation that was being lost. Who in their right mind? That was a big deal. You guys remember that? How many of you remember when, girl, you know it's true. Ah, ha, 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 we caught you. You know what I mean? They were lip syncing. It was a big deal. Anybody remember that? Do you all even know who Millie Vanilli is? <laughs> Come on. Ba, 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 baby. Video killed the radio star. Think about the progression. The expectations changed. The industry changed. All of it changed. Even think about now. I know I may be getting off my notes here, but think about now. Think about in the day, some of you who are musicians or or kind of track with music industry, what was the big thing besides being on the radio for uh, an artist or a musician or a band? What, What were they after? To get signed. To get signed by a label. These days, you don't even need a label. You can record your own music right there in your house. You don't need a label to go put you across the globe. You can do that through multimedia. The whole industry has changed. And anybody, and we all know, everybody is a star. And it's like, who are the real ones? I was thinking about how I love, we talk about Switchfoot a lot. I love going to a Switchfoot concert. You got the drums, you got the electrics, you got the bass. You got that sound system where the bass guitar and the kick drum are hitting you in the chest and you're about to throw up every time. You guys know what I'm talking about? I love that. And you got the lights and you got the, you got the smoke and you got the screaming and the yelling and the fans. But here's the reality. Take John Foreman, the lead singer of Switchfoot. Put him on a little stage in a room with just him and a guitar. What you gonna get? you're going to get a singer, a songwriter, an artist. Cool thing with him is you're also going to get a man of God who's going to encourage you and lift you up. I love that too. But that is rare, right? There's this kind of watering down of, of uh, what is required or what is ex- expected in the quality of a musician. And I, I look at what Paul's here. It's the first thing I thought about. I started singing, video killed radio star. And I came in to Ken. I started singing that. He's like, cool, man. Turns out he had never even heard the song before. I'm like, are you kidding me? Anyway, we went around on that one. There are expectations for the children of God. They're, they're biblical expectations, but over the years, they have been watered down. They have been shifted. All of a sudden, you look at the church, you look at the Christian world. I mean, maybe, I mean, uh, the Christian world, the Christian, our Christian culture. Not in every part of the world, but certainly in America. And sometimes I look at it, you guys, look, listen to me. And this is what I see. A silly video like that. It's like, what is that? What, what, is, what, is, what is that? And those, those pure and simple 
expectations that, that are connected to the gospel like Paul talked about. He was concerned about it. I'm, I'm concerned that we're going to get away from the purity and simplicity of the gospel. He was, he was really concerned. And guess what? We have. What does that mean anymore? What does it mean? Because the videos kill the radio star. And so here's what I want to do really quick. I want to, I want to tell you what I believe is a biblical, a life lived worthy of the calling requires this. And I believe these are some, I'm going to only give you three. I could probably give you a bunch. But I'm going to give you three things that you could really, really, really look to to understand what it means to live a life worthy of the calling. By the way, if you, some of you may not really like my sermon and sentence video killed the uh, radio star. I meant to give this to you earlier in case I fit in you. Let me give you another one, an alternative in case that was just too much. Living a life worthy of, of Christ requires quality that is unquestionable. Let me say it again. Living a life worthy of Christ requires quality that is unquestionable. Okay? So now back to where I was. You can write that down. Back to where I was, a life lived worthy of the calling requires at least three things. And these are, the t- these are the top three for sure. We could get into others, but here's the top three. One, a life lived worthy of the calling of Christ requires a quality relationship with God. Okay, write that down. And then here's a statement that we can make that should line up with that. I love my Savior more than myself. That's what it means. A quality relationship with God means that I love my Savior more than I love myself. And Paul never exactly says it this way and neither do any of the other epistles, but you see it in their writings and other things that they would say. For example, in Galatians, Paul himself said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. You guys see that? See how that statement lines up with this? I love my Savior more than, it's not Christ, it's not I that live anymore. I'm dead. He's alive and he's alive in me. He goes on and says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, my body, my flesh is alive. He's not saying he's living by the flesh, sin, but he's saying my, my life here on earth. I live by faith in the son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. Again, this lines up with what he says. Who loved me, gave himself up for me. Therefore, the reasonable thing to do is to offer my body up as a living sacrifice. It's a reasonable act of worship. The way he says it in chapter four is to live a life worthy of the calling, worthy of what he's done, worthy of the calling that I've received. It only makes sense. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, You remember John the Baptist. He gets on the scene and people were talking about him and Jesus and comparing him. Are you the Messiah? And he's like, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not even worthy to tie the sandals of the Messiah. He says himself that he must increase. Jesus must increase. I must decrease. You guys see that? We love that statement, but is that, is that really what we are adopting? Are we, are we shooting for a true quality relationship with God? And are we saying, I will love my Savior more than I love myself? He must increase, I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. Well, if he's above all, then it makes sense that I bow down and I make him more important than myself. Uh, Paul says in another place, Philippians 3, whatever was an asset to me. What a great way to start a little section here. Whatever was an asset to me, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. 
Whatever I thought was great, whatever I thought was awesome, whatever I thought was beneficial, whatever I thought was an asset, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things as loss compared to the surpassing excellence of knowing Christ. You guys, are y'all hearing these statements? Who talks like that anymore? Who talks like that? <laughs> that made me think of uh, uh, National Treasure. You guys remember that? There's a scene where, um, uh, what's that guy's face? Um, uh, Nicholas Cage, he's, he's being all poetic, talking about history and talking about this. And the lady's like, nobody talks like that anymore. And he says, they want to. Maybe they don't know how. Maybe the video has killed the radio star and they think that something else is expected now. But listen, the expectations are still the same. I count all things as lost compared to the surpassing excellence of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, from whom I have lost all things. I love the way he ends this. I consider them all rubbish that I may gain Christ. So let me say it again. A quality relationship with God. That's one of the things required to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received in Christ Jesus. That I love my Savior I love my God, I love my Savior, I love the Holy Spirit and what he's trying to accomplish in me way more than myself, my flesh, what I want, what I view as an asset. And listen, this includes sin. We've been talking about that, how God is calling out his church to be the light into the nations that he designed us to be. He's calling out the members of his church to step out their callings, their giftings, the things that he put in them. But he's also calling out the sin in his church. In Hebrews 11, you guys know that it gives kind of that that, uh, hall of faith, you know? It says that Moses chose. Everybody say chose. He didn't have to. He did not have to. The dude was a prince of Egypt. He didn't have to. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, the Israelites, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Talking about the the things that Egypt heavily valued. Their culture, it was just, you know, sinful, crazy. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace. He regarded himself and he he received disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Again, oh my gosh, who talks like that? Who's thinking about the eternal reward? Who's thinking about the rewards at all? The second thing is this, a quality relationship with his church. Uh Uh-oh. I want you to hear me. And here's the statement. Here's the declaration. I love his body as much as I love myself. I love his body, the body of Christ, that which I've been baptized into. I've been brought into the family of God, the body of Christ, of which he's the head, and I'm one of many members. I love that body and all of its members as much as I love myself. Of course, we just read there where I love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor 
as you love yourself. Listen, I'm not saying you got to love everybody else more than yourself. You just become a, you know, a low life and, and do everybody there what they need and you just be beat down. I'm not saying that. I'm saying love them as much as you love yourself. Do unto others what you would have them do under you. Treat them the way that you would want them to treat you. We just, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked uh, um, real significantly out of uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Think about that. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love is a boast. It doesn't, it, you know, all of those things. It's like, are we being, doing that for others? And here's the thing. And, and listen, we have expectations, right? In the body of Christ. We have expectations and we should. We expect people to treat us and to really have us in mind when they make decisions. We want them to be selfless towards us. We want them to serve us. We want, to think, they want, we want them to think of us when they are doing whatever, but we don't do it very well at all ourselves. Think about that, you guys. I'm just being honest, right? I'm saying what nobody else is going to say. That's what we want from other people, but we don't give it to other people. Am I wrong? I mean, let's just get back to the bare roots here of what is in our heart. We get mad when we don't get it, but we don't give it. And I don't, I, you know, insert your own example there, but it's the truth. Why? Because my goal isn't to love the body or in my heart and my head is to love my, the body as much as myself. It's not a prevailing thing in our Christian culture because the video has killed the radio star. That is all, you look at, you look at Paul's writing, gosh, I wish I had time to read all these. Romans chapter 12, if you kept going past the, um, off of your bodies up, he's talking about the body of Christ. In fact, he says, you, you are members of one another. I talk about this all the time, but you're one. You are members of one another. Did you notice in Ephesians 4, he says, one body, one God, one Father, one baptism, one spirit. Did you never know? Did you notice it never says you are one member? Never says that. It never isolates you in what you want. It puts you in the context of a body that is submitted to one Father, one faith, one baptism. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, he goes on and on and on. If they were all one member, where would the body be? <laughs> That's true. If you really start drawing pictures and think about it, if everybody was a big toe, you know what I mean? Where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. Of course, I love this. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. You are Christ's body and individually members of it. The first part of that section one and the same spirit works all these things. They had just talked about spiritual gifts, talents, things given to men for the church to bless, to encourage. You're, you're all one body, but you're, you're different members or you're uh, individual members. And you, you're, let me say it the way I said it up here, love those members as much as you love, at least as much as you love yourself. I think what we forget is that there's also expectations of the members, not just leaders and elders. Even in our church covenant, that's the way that we say it. The el- what you can expect from the elders, leaders, and members of Soma Church, and it's a wonderful list. 
We'll pray for you. We'll support you. We'll build you up. We'll equip you. We'll do everything within our power to make sure that you are living a life worthy of the calling that you've received in Christ Jesus. Everything in our power. That's, that's, what we, that's why we exist. And then on the flip side of that, at the bottom of the page, what the elders, leaders, and members of Soma Church. Notice I didn't just say elders and leaders. I said the elders and leaders and all the other members can expect from you. And the way that we say it is be here, live here, serve here, give here. Be here as much as you can in our weekend services. Anything else we do. I'm not saying you have to be here every time the door's open. That's kind of weird and exhausting. But be here as much as you can. Live here. Get involved in the life group. Otherwise, you're not going to really be equipped for the works of the ministry. Be here. Live here. Serve here. Do something. Can I just say something? There are people in our church. Most of the, let, me just, let me back up. Our, our statistics of people serving the church is ridiculously good when you compare it to the, to the average church. You know, that whole um, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's not our statistic. I, I look at that and go, man, that's sad. I'd hate to pastor that church. You know, really. I mean, we just have such a serving church. But you know what's always interesting is for me to hear about someone that goes here. I know their expectations of me. I know their expectations of you. But they don't. They don't do nothing around here. It's amazing. And if that's you, do what you must. Listen. Well, it's, I don't like to, it doesn't matter. Love the body as much as you love yourself. If you have a kid in Soma Kids, let me say it this way. If you have five kids in Soma Kids, because that's kind of the, you know, that's the standard around here. You, listen, you cannot expect someone to be back there with your five kids on rotation and you not being on rotation. That makes no sense. Like, how do you, like, you're okay. This goes back to what I was saying. I'm, I'm, that goes back to what I was saying. You have these expectations of what you want for you, but don't ask me to do that for you. Oh my gosh, I just want to faint. It's so absurd. As absurd as that video was. You just look at it and you're like, that was no, that, that was nowhere in Paul's mind. You know what I mean? He's like, well, be here, live here, serve here, do something. There's, there's all kinds of stuff to do. And did you know if you did, everybody would have to do less or not as often? Well, I don't want to serve in kids because I want to be in the service. <laughs> I know, everybody does. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? My point is, you guys hear what I'm saying? It just gets ridiculous. Video has killed the radio star. When along the way did, did people get this way? When was it okay? When did someone think they were living a life worthy of the calling that they had received in Christ Jesus and not serve somewhere in the body? You cannot find it in this Bible. It's not in there. Why? Because that's not the standard. That's not who God is wanting to sign. That's not who he's wanting to give a record deal. You can tune your vocals all day long, but that does not mean that you're an artist, that you're a singer. You guys hear what I'm saying? Be here, live here, serve here, give here. Now, if you're sick and you got diarrhea, keep it at the house. 
That's not what I'm saying. Again, remember, I'm not saying that love the body more than you love yourself. I'm suffering. I'm going to throw up on everybody, so I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up and throw up. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Keep it at home until you're better, you know? And there's a lot of people sick right now, so I I really do mean that. I'm grateful that there's a lot of people out because I know they're sick. I don't want them here getting me sick. (laughs) Or you sick. They are loving you as much as they love themselves. Be here, live here, serve here, and give here. Give here. I, I'm going to say this, and statistically, I'm not saying any of this because we have a bad church. We actually have a real good church, but it's always true. There are some that have expectations of what the church is and what they want. And they, I've even had, hey, can you develop? I've had the same person ask me if we can develop this program or this or that and can we do this and all these ideas and a list of this and maybe even a complaint or whatever and that doesn't happen very often here because you guys are so awesome but every now and then it does and I'm just like wow I'm always shocked when it happens but that same person that has all these expectations and it's not wrong to have those expectations but the same person that'll have those expectations and request does not give anything and they'll tell you no I don't I don't believe in tithing it's not a biblical principle. And we can argue that. Okay, that's fine. At that point, it ain't even about tithing, is it? Oh my gosh. Listen, a life lived worthy of the calling requires a quality relationship with his church. Be here, live here, serve here, give here. That's about as simple as you can make it. You know? (laughs) It really is. Okay. So maybe you're starting to get frustrated and antsy and offended. Let me move on to the third one. Just remember, wake up tomorrow morning and declare, I love his body as much as I love myself. Okay? Now, here's the last one. A quality relationship with the world. Now, I know intuitively that doesn't sound right. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes him... So, you know, when I say um, love the world, I'm not talking about a friendship with the world. That's, intuitively, that statement doesn't make sense. You shouldn't love the world, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Um, but we do have a relationship with the world. We are supposed to be a light to the world. Our relationship with them is that we are supposed to point you. Hi, I'm Tony. I want to point you to Jesus. My relationship with the world is I am to be in you, just not of you. Okay? But what's happening? Videos killing the radio star. True or false? Christians don't look a whole lot different than the world. That, listen, that is a breach in the relationship. Did you know that the world understands what our relationship is supposed to be? The world understands what our relationship with them is supposed to be. You're supposed to be different, but you're not. And so what's the number one word they use for us? Hypocrite. Why? Because there is an understanding of the relationship on their part. But we're not understanding it on ours. And so we're, we, we can become a terrible example of what it means to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received in Christ Jesus. A life lived worthy of the calling requires a quality relationship with the world. Paul was telling Timothy, he said, first of all, 
I urge that supplications and, and prayer and intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people. He's talking about not just all people in the church, but all people. For kings and all who are in high positions. We're obviously talking about the world. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires, and this is where it gets for real, who desires all people to be saved. He's like, pray for them, intercede for them, thank God for them. He says, who desires all people to be saved. The swing side of that is he does say, do not love the world. Remember, the relationship is pretty, pretty defined. Don't be friends with the world, okay? Don't be friends with them. You need to love them with an agape love and pray for them that they would be saved. Love them with a godly love, that everlasting love that God loves them with, okay? But on the flip side of that, do not love the world. Do not be friends with them. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, you guys see the dis- difference I'm talking about? Do you see the distinction? Because I can see how it could get confusing. Everybody clear on the distinction I'm making? Love them, not in a friendly way. Love them in an agape way. Don't love them in a friendly way. That's what it's saying here in 1 John 2. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not even him. Did you hear that? That is a standard and expectation that is insane. Like, What? If anyone loves the world, and what he's saying is anyone loves the the world in such a way that they're going to follow after the pattern of the world, which is what Paul was saying there in Romans 12 too, you know? He doesn't even love, the love of the Father's not in him. You tell somebody that now, they're going to leave the church. They're going to leave the country. It was so offensive. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride and possessions is not of the Father, but it's from the world. And if the world is passing away along with its desires, uh, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but, listen, whoever does the will of God abides forever. I mean, and there's so many passages like this, but Jesus himself said, this is the best one, let your light shine in such a way, that's a defining the relationship. You are a light and you are to let it shine in such a way that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who, in, who is in heaven and become part of the same family that you are and enter into the same expectations of living a life worthy of the calling that you've received. You guys see that? What we're seeing is that video has killed the radio star. Y'all seeing why I picked that as my sermon in a sentence? It's being watered down. We're looking at the happenings of the body of Christ and we're just like, what is this? It's about as ridiculous as that video. And yet the expectations are clear and biblical. Jesus said, What will it profit a man? Y'all listen to me. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? I think I forgot to tell you the little thing up here. A quality relationship with the world. I love the world but not enough to lose myself. You guys see that? I love the world but not enough to lose myself. 
What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or another way to say it is he sells out. And this is a term not just used in the music industry. People don't even use it as much as they did. But do you know what someone was called if, if they um, didn't stay kind of pure in quality of their music or they were going to tune their vocals or they were going to do whatever? You know what they were called? A sellout. You're a sellout. Because you would rather make it into the whatever, the wild blue yonder world of whatever, than to just the purity and simplicity of being an artist with a talent. That's what Jesus is saying here. What what good is it to gain the whole world, to be seen by the whole world as this or that on video, when all God is asking you to be is a radio star? I just want you to be a radio star. You guys hear what I'm saying? You do, really? Cool. Let's stand. Let me pray for you, and I know you need to go get your kids. You guys, listen. Oh, my goodness. Don't you want to be a church and a member of the church that pleases the Lord? Notice I didn't get a lot of specifics on, on these three areas, but listen, it's all, listen to me. You're already thinking about your nachos and fritos and stuff. Listen, it's all right here. It's right here. In those areas, a relationship with God, it's right here. A relationship with this church, it's right here. Even your relationship with the world, it's all right here. You don't have to guess. There is a biblical standard you guys hear what I'm saying? And sure, I understand that, that the interpretation of some of those things may ebb and flow. We are beyond ebb and flow, aren't we? We're beyond it. We're beyond looking at doctrines and, and kind of, are you sure? We're beyond that. We are away, the culture's moving away from it all together. I'm not even arguing doctrines. Why? Because I don't care about any of it. That's what we're hearing. You guys hear what I'm saying? I just want to encourage and challenge our church to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. Do I do it perfectly? No, but it's like, it's my goal. And my goal and Melissa's goal in teaching and sharing with you and encouraging you is to help you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received in Christ Jesus. Amen. Can we declare those three things together tonight? Lift a hand to the Lord. If you want to close your eyes, you can. Just repeat this after me. I will love my Savior more than myself. I will love his body as much as I love myself. I will love the world, but not enough to lose myself. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we know.